Welcome to The Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm Roger Woodall, founder of the Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sport and music festival. With all events in 2020 grinding to a halt, I'll be bringing people back together, but in a different way. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Eventful Entrepreneur podcast. I'm producer Dan and once again I'm here with the Eventful Entrepreneur himself, Mr. Roger Woodall. How are you Dodge? I'm all good mate. This is the final episode of 2020, uh, so it's been a bit of a weird year hasn't it? It has been a bit of a weird year, yeah it has. So we thought we'd talk about that and sum up 2020 in this uh, episode. So we're going to be chatting about the fittingly eventful year but with some strong positives popping up and with many more on the horizon. So let's get straight into it, mate. Dodge, if we were to rewind back to January, festival preparations uh, are usually really heating up then. What plans did you have for Bournemouth Sevens 2020 at that point? Oh, wow. It's a long time ago now. I'm thinking about that. Jeez. Um, we had loads of plans. You know, we each year the festivals got better and better. More people, more entertainment, better experience, better just better everything you know and um 2019 was our biggest year and we say that every year because genuinely it does get bigger and better every year because we're constantly tweaking and improving but 2020 we had so much lined up um and when you come off the back of four or five sellout festivals six festivals you're really geared up to smash 2020 it felt really good but in the back of my mind i knew it was year 13 yeah <laughs> and i said to my missus on the on the january i was like Five more months of the festival. Can't wait for this. But it's year 13. Please don't do anything bad to us. Just as a bit of a joke and stuff, you know. And uh, boom, <laughs> Boris spoke on March the 24th <laughs> and then said, there's going to be a pandemic on your Bournemouth Sevens May Bank Holiday weekend. When was the first time? Because obviously that was a few months down the line. Mm. Uh, when was the first time you actually heard about the C word, about COVID-19 or coronavirus? Jeez. <sighs> Only corona I knew was down the boozer you know with a slice of lemon but um i didn't even know what those words were mate if i'm honest with you mm. didn't have a clue and when boris spoke at that march 24th that's that's when it hit home at me i was like oh wow what's this what's pandemic i was on google typing in pandemic <laughs> i was on google typing in corona and covid19 and all this stuff that was being spoken about when when, when uh, they spoke on bbc that time and that's when it really kicked in dan that was like shit this is reality now what do we need to do to save the festival you mm. know and we we were very lucky because our festival was the first festival of the season last bank holiday in may and then we kick off that whole season and after us is glastonbury and all the, all the other massive ones that happen all the way up until september so it gave us time where you know uh, i'm a lifestyle entrepreneur as you know i never wanted that empire of 50 staff 70 staff 100 staff i wanted to keep it really nimble and boutique and that's what we've done. So we had a, a tight team of seven full-time staff, um, obviously 800 staff on the weekend every day, but we kept it very nimble. And when you're, when you're gearing up for a festival, you're building up the whole year, you know, uh, the festival business is a high risk, high reward. But when you're building up and you've built up for 10 months, you know, you earn your money on three days of the year. Mm. You know, football clubs, I was with a chairman of a football club, Premier League football club, and he was saying, how he earns his money 20 days of the year. And he thought that was tough. Mm. You know, festival owners earn three days of the year. So you're building up 362 days. So anyway, when Boris spoke, it was, you know, we were 10 months in. We had two months to go. And then reality kicked in. It's like, right, now we have to think on our feet. And obviously being a nimble company like we are, we, we acted very quickly. 
and we spoke to the police and we had to speak to the council and the licensing and the fire and uh, and the venue to change the date and and then once we could tick all those boxes and we did within sort of a seven day period we turned it around very quickly and it was not easy there's a lot of hoops to jump through you can't just change a date when you're dealing with we're dealing with everything we were quite lucky in a sense that the predicted spike and peak of the virus was predicted to be at the very weekend of Bournemouth Sevens. Yeah. So that allowed us to say, look, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth Sevens is not going to happen. And I think you guys made that decision very quickly, like yeah. you said, and nimbly. Um, and then, therefore, you knew you had another goal in mind. This coronavirus isn't going to last all summer long. Yeah. It'll be over by, by August. Yeah. yeah. And that gave you a glimmer of hope, didn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm an optimist, mm. you know, and um, optimism is wonderful. We've also got to be a realist as well. And but because it was all the unknown, that's what it was. Everything was the unknown. I love the unknown in business. I don't. I love knowing not, not, you know, not knowing what's around the corner when launching a new business or whatever. But actually, the unknown of this hidden virus—it was like a hidden war um, against something we couldn't see. That kicked in, and that was like, right, okay, we've moved to August. It gave us a lifeline, Dan. So when we found out all the information out, and we could, we signed all the contracts with the police council license. Da, 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 da. We then, you know, we then told our fans, but we sold out 30,000 tickets. They, when they heard what was going on, they were panicking. They wanted us. They wanted this festival badly. So when we moved it, the response was unbelievable. Everyone stuck by us. It was a wonderful feeling. I remember receiving emails and phone calls just saying, please tell us it's still happening yeah. and uh, we'll make something work. We'll come at a different date, whatever happens. Uh, 100%. Just make sure it happens. 100%. Lots of, because people come through info at boardmysevens.com and that comes through to my mobile and everyone's mobiles. Ping, ping, ping. Please keep, please move it. Please move it. Please, we, we're desperate. We're des it was that feeling. It was like, oh my God. You know, really, you really, it's the first time. We've got a lot of love at the festival and a lot of support over the years. But to get those random messages coming through, was a nice feeling, but again, it was the unknown. And that was why even more so, it was kind of a poison chalice that um, August date because it gave everybody hope, you know, the whole team here got hope from it and uh, our fans and the ticket holders got hope from it. Yeah. Um, and obviously that wasn't to be either because COVID hung around it, and outstayed as welcome yeah, even further. It did, we thought we could, we thought we could, uh, we're problem solvers. You know, events people, um, entrepreneurs, we're problem solving. That's what we're here for. There's a lot of things you can't solve. And one of these was the corona. And then the emotions, Dan, were up and down every single day. From that March, all the way through April, all the way through May. But we were all positive that it could happen. And then June hit. And then Boris spoke. And that was when we knew Glastonbury had gone. All the major festivals had, been, had said, well, we can't happen, we can't happen. And then we had to, we had to tell... Yeah, the reality kicked in again. It's like, right, okay. And on our T's and C's and most festivals is that there's no refunds. You can resell your tickets, but there's no refunds. Mm. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that, Dan. So we put a massive thing out saying full refunds, um, including your booking fee. And that was the right thing to do. Um, and I've got to say that all suppliers and all contractors, all the toilets, showers, fencing, marquee companies, sponsors, celebrities, DJs, headliners, everyone come together and said, everyone have your money back or have your deposits back or we can move it to next year. So everyone just worked together. It was the most wonderful feeling. And I think it's the first time ever an events industry have all come together. It's bittersweet, isn't it? Because it's the toughest time 
um, for the events industry and all of the suppliers and everybody involved in you know the, the the offshoots of the events industry like you said they have all come together and um it, it's kind of it's solidified the events industry as 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 a unit yeah totally agree totally agree and when that and when that happened dan then something else happened in my world which was a massive shock the info at bournemouth seven's email address was pinging when we it, it was really hard in fact i'm just trying to remember now it was really hard. It took me about five days to actually announce it to to the to the UK on on video to actually say it's been cancelled. You know, this is my baby. I've been working on this for thirteen years. Every day I've been thinking about it. Every day I'm looking to tweak and improve it. And all of a sudden, you had to make a reality check of right, it's cancelled. It's cancelled to next year. Not only does it have a huge ramifications financially, also mentally. When you look at a festival owner like this, we're not we're not owned by a big conglomerate. We're not owned. We're not. We don't have shareholders. I don't have to answer to any board members. You know, we made sure that we own a hundred percent of this festival. Myself and my wife, Fleur. So there's lots of positives with that, and we always wanted to make sure we do that. We didn't want to get bought out by one of the big guns. Um, so we've stuck by it. But then we, Fleur and I, don't take a salary. We pay all our full-time staff each year and then the week or two weeks after the festival we know how the festival is done then we take our dividends the reality kicked in that oh wow we haven't been paid for 12 months then reality kicks in well if it happens in 21 when it does happen in 21 that's another 12 months of nothing coming in for the family again i never thought that would ever happen but that was something we had to take on the chin and we dealt with mentally dealt with and then the ups and downs were the right now what happens i put a video out and said you know, due to coronavirus, and uh, I was heart. I was. It was literally. It was. It was heartbreaking to actually to actually physically. It took me five days, Dan, to physically get my head around again. Now I've got to tell everyone. Mm. Um, if you bear in mind what you've been through to get Bournemouth Sevens off the ground in the first place, so yeah. anyone who's listened to the previous episodes where we've talked about your journey into becoming an entrepreneur and your journey into delivering your first festival and how it was still a struggle those first few years and how much time, investment and money you had to put in, into those things. And then 12, 13 years later, this happens yeah. and the whole thing's on the line. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough to yeah. take mentally and, and financially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But we're resilient. We're tough. I deal with stuff. It's like, bring it on. But at the same time, you know, you're laying there at night going, Oh my God, what happens now? Because this is all the unknown. What happens now? Okay, we've told everyone. What happened immediately on the mobile? Info at Bournemouth 7s that comes from the mobile. Ping, 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 ping. It just pinged constantly every day. I'd like a refund, please. I'd like a refund. Because we said, every, we, we told everyone, you can move your tickets over. Thank you for your support. You can, 30,000 people, you can move your tickets over to 2021 or you can have a full refund, including your booking fee. You know, we're going to, you know, give everything back if you want that money back. Ping, 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 ping. It was every second, Dan. Can I have a refund, please? I'd like a refund. Here's my re reference number. Please send me the money back to my account straight away. I need this money. Da, 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 da. This went on for 14 days. So imagine the emotion. We didn't know how many that added up to. And then on day 13, all of a sudden it stopped. It was really weird. Is that number again? Yeah, yeah, it's 13. <laughs> so one, so it actually stopped. It was like, wow. All of a sudden, it just stopped. So we added it all up. 
And the amount of people that wanted refunds compared to the amount of people that said, we're fully supporting you, move our tickets over to 2021. 80% of people moved their ticket to 2021. Yeah, it's an incredible number. Incredible. I remember us doing the maths, working out, you know, what if it was, you know, 50% or 40% left or whatever. Oh. And then ended up landing on 80. And it was like, wow. That's full support. Full support. I spoke to other festival owners who I know. And 30% rolled over to next year on their festivals. And it's like, oh my God, you know, there's so much love for this festival. And that was a really nice feeling because we kind of knew where we stood. We put that money in a separate account just in case. Um, but lots of other things kicking after that. It's like, all right, we don't earn any money this year. Okay, we paid all the staff. I'm going to pay all the staff. Furlough come in. And... Just out of respect, because we've got such wonderful staff here, we topped all our staff up by 20% to keep them on their 100% in that period. I forgot to mention that. In that period of the lead up to the August, you know. So, yeah, there was lots going on, mate. <laughs> there's yeah, lots going on. But it was an interesting year, wasn't it? Well, there's, uh, lots of, there's lots of highs and lows of owning a festival. Yeah. You know, you go from sell-out festivals to laughing to cutting deals to court cases to sponsorship to meeting new friends for life and... You know, no one ever expected a thing called Corona to turn up and uh, knock on your mm. door, you know? The thing is, you've talked about the events industry being the most exciting to get into. It's the best industry in the oh, world. Oh, without say. a shadow of a doubt, Dan. And that, with that excitement becomes that element of risk. It's like an extreme sport yeah. where you, if you're willing to jump out of a plane and get the best thrill in the world, you've got to be willing to take the consequences yeah. when it goes wrong. Yeah, and that's yeah. the same with the events industry. It's yeah. a rush because it's, it's that time critical. It's got to be delivered on this date, and if yeah. it can't happen then you've risked everything. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and that's basically what we've seen this year for every event in 2020, yeah. or the vast majority of events yeah. in 2020. Never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. Never, 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 never saw this coming. <clears throat> no one did. So I'm not here, you're not seeing that, it's just us, everyone. But what I did see straight after on LinkedIn and, and in the events industry, everyone's been made redundant. I kept seeing it around me going, redundant, 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 popping up on LinkedIn, on Instagram, lost my job. My main goal was to keep this team together. This is a family. My main goal was to keep this team together. And I have to say in that in that in that period, Craig was an absolute superstar. Craig managing director. You know, he he went through an absolute roller coaster because he was dealing with replying to the refunds. He was dealing with the negativity coming and saying, we want our money back straight away. So he's gone from 10 years of working his nuts off for this festival. And all of a sudden he had the same feeling as well. But he was physically dealing with this day-to-day -day and replying back to people and sending the refunds. And, you know, I can't, I can't acknowledge him enough. But we put, it, we put it to bed for a year. Um, we put the festival asleep for a year. Um, and then it's full guns blazing for 2021. That's right. And the plans that were in place, uh, obviously a lot of them have carried over. And there's new plans because of everything's going on. We still don't know what it's going to look like this year. But surely something's going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fully planned for 2021. Um, you've got to. You know, you've got tens of thousands of people begging for you for it to happen. You know, everyone's been locked in for nine months so far. People are chomping to go and party. And as soon as that, come, that festival comes back, the events industry is going to rocket. It's going to be rocket fuel. It's going to boom. I'm super excited about 21, I've got to say. Now, obviously, it would be easy... Being such a tough year and emotionally draining, it'd be easy to kind of shut up shop and write this year off and move on to 2021 and just hope that happens. But you wanted to keep busy, didn't you? Yeah, it's the best thing I did, if I'm honest with you, Dan. And I've always had two businesses. And we obviously, as you know, in the 
previous, I think it was episode seven, we spoke about um, building a, a digital sportswear brand and selling that in 2018. We always had that two business. And then for the last two years, we're down to the Bournemouth seven. So this now gave me time. This gave me time to think about, well, I've got time on my hands now come March, April, May, June. And then all of a sudden one day I realized I was stood on so much knowledge, so much knowledge over the past 20 years of putting events on. I thought, why don't I create an online events course? You know, I needed more legs to my table. Um, so yeah, I went down many rabbit holes. Um, I started researching and researching for, for, for weeks on end. YouTube, Google, YouTube, but I kept finding these online courses and I found this sort of Americanization that will make you a multimillionaire in 28 days and they're talking about the double comma club and I had to type what's double comma club name and obviously meant billions or whatever and like, yeah you can have eight noughts and you can I just thought I'm not buying into this mm. what is this all about but I knew the knowledge I had and we had as a team and the amount of events and owners around the UK I thought you know I was set on a mountain of knowledge from marketing to sponsorship, to creating brands, to relationship, to leadership, to entrepreneurship, um, putting on events, having a limitless mindset. It was so much that I had that I could teach the next generation or teach people. And there was nothing in the market. I also remember you saying at the time that it's been a terrible year. The events industry is on its ass. Yeah. You also want to spread some some good news yeah. and some good stories from some inspirational people. And that's where this podcast came about, isn't it? It is. Going back a little bit, I guess, was I then realised I've kept myself private for all these years, Dan, as you know, private on social media. When the idea came about, I knew that I had to put myself and make myself public and really share my knowledge. And And I think what a better way than, than when we spoke about creating a podcast. Mm. Um, but back then, I didn't have a clue what a podcast was, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting time. Like uh, we, we spoke about the idea and obviously a lot of people started podcasts uh, during lockdown. Yeah. Uh, but we couldn't have expected how well it went when we launched that first three episodes yeah. in, in one week. And yeah, it's, it's, it's it got a bit ahead of us, didn't it? It did. It went it went it went wild. But I've been asked to do loads of podcasts over the last year and I've turned everything down. Like, oh, no, it's not for me. It's not for me. And in lockdown, I think. There was a guy, he said, can you come and do a podcast? He must have asked me four or five times. And then we went, okay, let's go and do it. And we went to a, a studio in Bournemouth, do you remember? Yeah. Um, and we did a brilliant podcast. He asked so many wonderful questions. We left there buzzing. And uh, you and I were left there going, a little spring in our step. And mm. we went back to our offices here, didn't we? And we sort of looked around and went, what about that room over there in the corner there? Why can't we, why don't we convert that into a studio? Mm. And that's how it all came about. Yeah. And then a week later, we were building a studio. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it was funny because it was during a time where a lot of people were battening down the hatches and not investing in anything. Yeah. And um, much like when you were plowing money into Bournemouth Sevens originally, yeah. instead of holding everything tight to your chest, we kind of invested into this. Yeah. And the, the idea and the concept of that a podcast isn't going <laughs> to plug a gap the size of um, a Bournemouth Sevens Festival, yeah. but it kept you busy yeah. and it was spreading some good news stories for the yeah. events industry and and in, ho hopefully we were aiming to inspire a few people that were thinking the events industry isn't for me yeah um and and i think that's worked from the feedback we've got yeah feedback's been, uh, been fantastic but when we launched that it was really exciting wasn't it incredible it was right? like open up the black book 
oh my God, we could get him on the podcast, get her on the podcast. Let's talk about the journey. People seem to want to know how, what your what the journey's been since Bournemouth Sevens. Mm. I was doing all the nightclubs for 10 years and then the festivals and then the digital sportswear brand. And we've just laid cards on the table. Mm. And it's like I've, I've said to you earlier today that you open yourself up, like you said, for the first time, you kind of made yourself public on social media um, and you open yourself up and people open themselves up to you. And then that's where we we start getting approached about people wanting to come on the podcast. Yeah. We're not, no longer chasing yeah, yeah, yeah. those early doors. It's hard to persuade someone when you haven't got a finished product or something to show them as an yeah. example. It's hard to persuade them to go on, just give us a go. Um, funny you should say that, though. It was pretty easy. Oh, yeah. Using your black book, yeah. it was a lot easier than other people would have found yeah. it. So, for example, if I was to go off and launch my own and look for yeah. guests, it would have been a lot harder. Yeah. Uh, but being the, I know you hate this word, but um, being a great networker, mm. uh, you have that book of people that you can rely on and they know you yeah. and they trust you and they're willing to chat to you because yeah. they know you're not going to stitch them up. Yeah. You know you're just going to talk real and, and just talk how other people want to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm no BBC presenter and I never want to be and never have learned to be. I'm just me. Yeah. And we're getting guests on and just having proper good chats like it was down the mate, down the pub with your mate. Yeah, exactly. And um, people seem to be really enjoying it by, well, you know, Dan, by looking at the Apple reviews. Yeah, reviews, the stats, it's 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 gone beyond anything we we ever thought it would be. We just thought it would be a little bit, you know, something to keep us busy and hopefully inspire a few people. Yeah. But it's it's gone in a completely different direction. Mm. And, and um, I think we're both happy about that. Yeah. But it was interesting as well, wasn't it? Because we then, you and I were looking and going, right, everyone was talking about personal branding back then. And it was like, you know, I kept seeing and more homework I was doing and research and research and research was seeing all these key person of influences were doing it around their name. You know, like, I don't know, rogerwoodall.com or da-da-da.com. And I just felt really uncomfortable with that. So then we come up with the name of the Eventful Entrepreneur, which... I felt really comfortable with because obviously my background in events and being entrepreneur, it just felt it felt right. You've had an eventful life. Yeah, you've got a load of stories <laughs> that you've told some of them, and, and I know there's a lot more to come. So uh, we'll talk about that. But it, it kind of it fits. It's a mouthful, uh, but I think it works. It does. Well, you know, I had to brand myself and be the business on truth, experience, and merit, mm. um, and that's what we've done. Yeah, it's it's been great, and. Again, as I said, opening yourself up means other doors open, and uh, that has happened, doesn't it? Yeah, lots of doors have opened. Um, lots of different celebrities or different entrepreneurs wanting to come on. Uh, sponsors sending us free stuff in the post. Said, have the free, have this free kit, have these free drinks. Have it's really quite bizarre. Mm, it is what's really happened? Weird. Really, really weird. What's bizarre? And we're only as we're doing this, we're only. I guess this podcast is number fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, it's really, really bizarre, and it's given us a wonderful platform, this has, and um, people seem to enjoy in the chats we're having and chats with different people, and I'm really enjoying it, and it's been, I found it very therapeutic. And I found this whole this whole lockdown, this is a really weird thing to say, and I know there's a lot of people, deaths out there and what have you, I've really enjoyed it. It's given me time to stop, the first time in my life to stop and reflect and have gratitude of where we come from and what we what we have um, and also allow me to go back and thank all the wonderful people that have allowed me to get to be where I am today. Mm. Um, I always remember a pivotal point for me and and I think looking back at it it's it's quite prescient is when we were you know, it sounds mundane but when we were editing and writing the trailer for this podcast to mm. try and explain 
to people what this podcast would be. We had a line in there about let's not waste a good crisis. Yes. Now, it didn't sit well with us because this isn't a good crisis. Yeah. It's not a good thing. Yeah. But it felt right because whilst there's a lot of horrible things going around, it doesn't mean that you just bury your head in the sand and or, you know, run from it. How about doing something different, changing things yeah. up a bit and and taking a risk? Yeah. And so we did tweak it slightly to never waste a crisis yeah. and or don't waste a crisis. Yeah. And that feels that feels right, doesn't it? And that's what we haven't wasted this time that we've been given by the fact that this horrible thing's coming going around the world. Yeah. Um, you haven't wasted your time. Um, you've created yeah. during that period. I love um, I love creating, Dan. Hmm. I love being creative. Um, and this has given us the time to stop and be creative and be laser focused on bringing something new to the table um, and bringing something that's going to help other people. And that comes back down to creating the events course. Yeah, and that course is becoming something which, yeah, I again, I didn't think could happen. Like the amount of people from around the industry, across the world, coming in to do lectures or yeah. or talks guest or podcasts, talk, yeah. guest talks or podcasts on 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 their very particular spe specialist subjects, um, and sharing their knowledge has just been incredible to watch. Yeah. Like I've sat in on them, and then I wouldn't consider myself inherently an events person. Mm. I do after watching these lectures, I do. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So we brought in thirty five of the best people with over six hundred years of experience put together. 600, Dan. And they're all still working in. And they're all yeah. still working in events industry. They're the best people. So that was the idea how it came about. So the Eventful Entrepreneur, the podcast, it gives us a voice. Um, it gives us a voice to help and teach people, inspire people. But actually, the events course is the new business. And um, that's launching in 2021. Um, it's going to be a very dynamic, cutting-edge online course that you can do in three months. You know, there's this massive myth that you go to university and you have to do an events management degree or business management or sports management to get into the events world. You don't. I don't know where that myth's come from, but you don't. So we see we can fast track people. They come and do the course. They learn the stuff that you need to know today from the people who are industry experts today, not someone reading from a book from 20 years ago. Mm. You know, so um, events is fast moving and so should the learnings around events. And it doesn't seem like that's happened. No, it hasn't happened. And, you know, when I speak to all my, my friends who are in the events industry, um, none of them look for degrees. You know, they, 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 they're looking for experience. And that's what we're giving them. We're giving the students the hand on experience. And the, the biggest thing about this is that we've got a global qualification backed by SIM, Chartered Institute of Marketing. That piece of paper, once you do the course, allows you to work anywhere around the world. Mm. You know, that's that's huge, mate. Yeah, and uh, watching the, the, the quality of the talks and the quality of the podcast, because that's another thing. It's all well and good sitting in a lecture and, and being told this stuff, but then having real-world examples and yeah. stories around what, you know, they kind of tell you, this is what I think and this is why or this is the way it is and this is why and here's a story to back that up. That's A lot of people learn better that way yeah, and, and hearing real true stories about how that works in the practical yeah. world and then giving you the confidence to say, I know that because of this yeah. and move on from there. Yeah, agree. Totally agree. They're going to learn everything they need to know. I wish I had this 20 plus years ago. Everyone who's coming in doing guest talks wished they had this course 20 odd years ago. One, it will save them fortunes in degrees and, and, and all the debt that you get into with doing a degree, whether it's 30 grand, 50 grand, 60 grand, 70 grand. Um, and also, you're not wasting time. 
you know, it's sped up, get straight into the most exciting industry there is out there. And this industry is going to come back with a huge bang in 21, you know, and um, I'm really, really genuinely excited to launch this and, and give value back to people at a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the time. Um, and the most important thing that I've really enjoyed is, you know, back on my entrepreneur's journey again, Dan, you know, when you, um, you create Bournemouth Sevens Festival, you get it to a point that you, it becomes a well-oiled machine. You know, we got up to year 13 and um, in a weird way, I kind of thank this pandemic. Not in, a, not in a way of what it's brought to the world in deaths and what have you, but I think it's allowed people to slow down and really thank for what they've currently got and have gratitude. Um, and it's, it's made people realise what's important in life. It's made a lot of people some yeah it's like like yourself and um it comes back to that don't waste the opportunity yeah. that this horrible thing has given us to not only reflect but use the time wisely yeah and i think that's something that you've done very well is yeah. not only have you kind of tried to spread the message of a bit of positivity and things like that but you're also looking to kind of educate kind of a next generation of people looking to get into the events industry yeah. using your knowledge and the knowledge of all the people that you know in the industry as well. Yeah, absolutely. And what I've really enjoyed is raising the energy levels. And anyone out there listening, when you raise your energy levels, I really mean raise them up and open your mind and have that limitless mindset and open up your black book and open up your contacts and open up letting people know what you're doing. So much comes in. Mm. So much comes in. And, and on this journey, Dan, I wouldn't be where I am today without you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and you've been there by my side on this journey from the start, and it's been an absolute pleasure um, working with you and how professional you are, and you've got that lovely voice. <laughs> silky tones. <laughs> silky tones, <laughs> face for podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, you're a wonderful producer as well, and um, there's a lot more to come, and this is the exciting bit. We're only start on this journey. This is the start, you know, and uh, having... Uh, everyone else behind us and, and making sure that we're creating a wonderful course and, and Craig leading that course and, and working closely with the governing bodies and the National Outdoors Events Association and everyone else who we're working with and really giving it that stamp of authority that if you were an employer, if you knew that um, someone had done the events course, that they're going to be the cut above everyone else. That's the way we're, we're that's what we're heading for. And that's the way it's going. It's, yeah. it's going to be something that we, we've looked at what else is out there yeah. in this space and there's nothing like it. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like, it. Nothing like it. And right. going back to everything that we know in this course, we will be teaching you leadership, entrepreneurship, how to start an event, how to create a brand, marketing, sales, relationships, sponsorship. The list goes on. But it's, it, it's from the best people, the stuff that you need to know um, and the stuff that's worked for me personally and all the tips and tricks that I've got. I'm just giving it all because I'm not here to keep all this knowledge to myself. But now the pandemic has given me the opportunity to give everything and lay it all out there. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like you're sharing uh, what I see it as is you're sharing all the knowledge and the contacts that you've built up over the years, yeah. over your many years of working in events, not just at Bournemouth Sevens Festival, and you're then sharing that with everybody else because all these contacts are willing to do it for you yeah. and then for the team and come in and, and speak uh, in order to inspire the next generation. Yeah, and and I think that's great. A lot of these people just coming in on their free time, yeah, um, just so they can spread the knowledge that they've garnered over the years, and yeah. and it's all for the future of the events industry, which is on its ass at the moment. Yeah. But like you said, 
people are gagging to get yeah. back to events. Um, it's going to be booming yeah, uh, when it comes back. Totally agree. And uh, people just need to be ready for that. Mm, totally agree. And even if you've done a degree, even if you are at university at the moment, this is an online course. You know, it's very video led mm. and it's fun. It's exciting. It's not a boring course. This is a really exciting, fun course. And, and it's now. And it's now. <laughs> yes. And it's accessible. And it's at the right price where people can afford it. Mm. You know, and it astonishes me. I think university is a wonderful place to go and have fun and party and do a degree. But I, I, I think it's made students realise that maybe they come a bit more savvy now to realise that they don't need to spend £9,000 a year of doing a course, £27,000, and then leaving debt fifty. They're starting to realise that. Mm. You know, and I think universities are wonderful places, but I think people are getting a bit more clued up these days, Dan. That's what our market research has told us. Yeah. Anyway, when we when we've kind of put the feelers out into the market and um, ask people, that's certainly the responses we're getting, especially yeah. in this space, in the event space. It very much feels like that. Yeah. that there are frustrations about how it's how it's taught or how how it comes out, how you know what you get out the end of it. Yeah. And people just the thing about events is there's nothing like working them. Agree. Um, so three years versus three months is quite a quite a change. Uh, agree. And learning from the best. Yeah. You know. And I knew that we had to create a digital business. The world has gone digital. We created a digital business um, with Viper Ten. Um, we can create a new digital business now with the events course and the Eventful Entrepreneur podcast and and website and everything we're doing around that. I'm mate. I'm 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 properly excited for this next chapter, which we've been working on. A very very exciting chapter. So yeah. we have got the podcast going, and you know it couldn't have gone better as far as we're concerned. Uh, the we got the events course that is launching next year, um, and then out of nowhere, one day, Dodge, I come into the office, and you had some very big news, which we won't go into too much detail right now. Um, but this was a game changer. Uh, what was all that about? Oh God! Wow. <laughs> Where do I start? Well, if we just go back a bit, I guess is that we created the events course um, on the podcast, and and we created the podcast in the video studio we've got here. We then created Dream Team Media. Um, we launched the podcast on um, September the 23rd um, with myself, Barry Hearn, James Haskell, and a load of other different people. Um, and then that's been flying in the business charts and the entrepreneur charts, number three behind Gary V and Tim Ferriss, all these wonderful things that have happened. And then all of a sudden got a phone call. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. um, on a Monday private number on my on my mobile come up is that uh, is that roger woodall i was like yeah my name is such and such i work at the uh, main producer for i'm a celebrity get me out of here really and just before anyone gets excited you're not going on i'm a celebrity no 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 but we're definitely not going there mate <laughs> kangaroos plums and no 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 um and i said yeah and he said can we come and have a meeting i said yeah of course so come down on tuesday and he said he stood there and went um, spoken to Harry and myself. We'd like you to we listen to your podcast. Love your love your raw style and the way you are. Would you like to co-host the new Harry Redknapp show? <laughs> Too right. I'm in. Where do you want me to sign? You know, co-hosting with your childhood hero, your kid hero. You know, and that's you're not just saying that he literally is your childhood hero. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all big West Ham fans. He was the West Ham. He, he was. He was. He was. He was God. You know, and um, and he's a great bloke and he's a good friend. You know, but to be asked to do that, it's dream come true, Dan. Totally out of the blue. Yeah, exactly. And uh, again, it goes back to what we've been saying throughout here is open yourself up and raise, people open themselves up. Raise the energy levels. Exactly, raise the energy And magical levels. things happen. Mm. Yeah, so that was, that, was a, that was a crazy. So that was on the, on the Monday, got a phone call from him. On the Tuesday, 
he came down. Harry met us in the studio with the production company. Contract signed that evening. All of a sudden, myself, my childhood hero, and A-list stars, you know who they were. Mm -hmm. Every day for a month, every other day, we would interview an A-list celebrities who some of them are my heroes international rock stars like worldwide entertainers like a a a list a a list the yeah. biggest sports promoters boxing promoters footballers rock star it was wild then mm. and this all came about because of the back of the eventful entrepreneur podcast mm. and you'll find out when we talk about this fully in the next episode we'll talk about the time an international rock star invited you up to uh, Go and watch a, a local derby on his private jet. Oh my god, I'm I'm all over that. I was like, where do I sign? <laughs> we completed this whole series now, and that series is coming out mid January. The Harry Redknapp show, co-hosted by his mate Dodge. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like dream. This is dream come true for me. Yeah, it incredible. just it just went on and on and on and on and on. And obviously, you were helping produce it as well, and. Um, yeah. Good like, times. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So many laughs. You know, we spent a whole month, six weeks with Harry. You know, what a man. What a good friend. What a humble, loyal, good bloke. Non-stop stories. Non-stop funny stories. Funny, funny stories. Yeah. And he is, it, there is one thing guaranteed that this is going to be a great series and, and it's going to be, it's going to be massive. Yeah. People I, are going to love it. I, yeah, I think so, mate. I think so, because it's real. It's me and Harry talking to an A-list celeb about funny stuff mm. you know and like Harry's not a presenter we're all we're all just doing it we're good we're good we're having a good laugh we're real people and enjoying what we're doing enjoying the journey and that's my point here Dan is that anyone involved in anything don't look at the end game the journey is so important and so much fun that you when you get to the end game you'll look back and you'll be like oh I want it to carry on you know, and I notice a lot of people who sell their companies think exactly the same. And we're just enjoying the journey. There's been so much fun and, and so much laughter. Um, it's been good for the soul, especially mm. in a crap time we've been in, you know. Well, that was going to be my final question. Yeah. 2020 has, on the whole, been pretty crap for a lot of people yeah. and for us at certain stages yeah. and for you in particular. But now looking back at it, considering what's happened... Is it an overall positive or negative? This Huge year? positive, a blessing in disguise. It slowed me down, Dan, because mm. when you're an entrepreneur, you're looking at the next thing, wanting to create a new thing, a new business. Let's look at a new business. What can we do? If it doesn't tick eight out of the 10 boxes, a new business, we leave it. You leave it alone. You know, I, I was chatting to Craig the other day and he's been, been with me 10 years. He turned the screen around and went, Dodge, we've looked at 19 businesses over the last 10 years and we've had the power and the strength to say no. Because you can get into a business and get caught up in a business. You may be in that business for five years. You may be making money. You may be losing money. It may cause you stress. It may cause you laughter. It may cause you give you great fun. But business isn't easy. 50% of businesses fail in the first two years. 80% fail in the, in, in the next five years, within five years. You know, so if you're out there, follow your passion because your passion is key. And we're lucky enough that we're in a creative world in sport and business and music, everything we all love. But I look back on 2020 of this year, as a huge positive, considering losing a lot of money um, and considering the pressure's on for 2021. But all I can do is look on today and be happy for today and try to plan for the future of the festival. But um, yeah, 
Well, that's all we have time for uh, for this episode, and indeed for 2020, uh, which, as we said, is a game changer of a year. Um, any final thoughts before we go, Dodge? 2020, it's been ups and downs for everyone. Go into 21 with a huge positive attitude, yeah, because when you raise your energy levels and you have, you're positive and you're an optimist, good things around you come to you. Good things happen. Great. So uh, if you want to hear more like this, as well as interviews with some of the biggest names from business, entrepreneurship, events and sport, make sure you subscribe and leave us a cheeky review while you're there. And as Dodge said earlier, you can catch him on Instagram and LinkedIn at Eventful Entrepreneur or just search Dodge or Roger Woodall. Well, Dodge, thanks for sharing your thoughts again on the year. Uh, let's see what 2021 has to offer. Happy New Year. Good man, thank you. And uh, bring on 21. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Cheers, guys. Cheers.